Welcome in, everybody, to episode number five of the Fantasy Narrative. I am one of your hosts, Brian Har at Brian Har FF, and I am here with my main man, Dustin Church at Dynasty Junkie FF on Twitter. Dustin, my man, it's been a while. It's been a while. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm super excited to be here. Like we were messaging earlier, and you were just like, "Man, I'm so pumped to get this episode out," just because it's been. It's been probably a month like we had some vacations you know i work for a school so getting ready back to school so just work got insanely busy and just just family stuff um but i'm i'm super pumped and excited to be back with you we have some good narratives there's been some stuff happening in, in the non-point scoring season so far and some preseason we've had some preseason games so far um Najee is looking pretty good for your steelers over there Woo-hoo! so all all around like you know it's I'm just excited. Like football's here. We're back talking and I'm just excited. How are you doing? Yeah, man, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're, uh, that you're doing well and that you're excited about football. I certainly am as well. Obviously, um, this is, this is the best time of year for football fans, right? I mean, coming into, into the start of the season, uh, week, week one of the preseason, uh, is over and done with Well, we're moving into week two here. Um, and, uh, yeah, some exciting stuff already, uh, that, that has, has us excited and, and, and ready to talk about some of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm totally excited about the new season, ready to roll. Um, and, and totally excited to be back with you. Um, you know, uh, we, we started this thing, you're, you know, we're, we're good buddies and we love to talk football with one another and not getting a chance to really do that for a couple weeks here, almost a month. Like you said, um, I don't like it. So <laughs> I'm glad to be back here, uh, drinking a beer, uh, during, during the episode here and, and talking football with you. So I'm, I'm pumped about that. It should be a fun show. Yeah, definitely. And like we were talking before the show, like we are going to try to get on on cadence now that the summer is almost over. Um, it might still probably won't be weekly, um, some weeks in a row, but you know, we'll, we'll still going to get some more content out than what we've been doing. Um, we, we have some ideas for the show coming up, so we're just excited. Um, I'm not, I don't got a beer with me. I guess I got sparkling water, you know, there you but, go. You know, I'm drinking a beer. I just didn't have time. Um, to get any, I'm a little jealous. I was like, I always drink one when recording and this morning I see, look how rusty I am. We haven't done it for a while. And I, I was like, man, I don't have any. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm just excited. I'm pumped. Got some good stuff for the show tonight. Yeah, man. So let's go ahead and get right on into it um, and start talking some football here. We do have a few news items that we're going to hit on, and and that's going to be a regular part of our show. Um, you know, we'll we'll touch on some news items at the beginning, and then uh, and then roll into the narratives. Obviously, uh, the main talking points of the show. So, um, but today we've got a few news items. Um, first thing on on the uh, the list, and and something that I think is really exciting for us. Um, obviously. Again, the start of the new the new season, the start of preseason, we're we're beyond week one now, uh, and and kind of one of the narratives, right? Or or one of the main things coming out of um, of week one of the preseason is the talk about the rookie quarterbacks. Um, I mean, we had we had several rookie quarterbacks putting up some pretty decent performances in week one of the preseason. Uh, we got to see Trevor Lawrence, the first overall pick. We got to see Justin Fields tear it up a little bit. We got to see Trey Lance to throw an unbelievable ball. Um, so, you know, I'm interested, Dustin, in in kind of what your thoughts are on these QBs. Obviously, only one week. Obviously, week one of the preseason. It's not even, you know, real football. I mean, it's real football, but it's not 
regular season football, which is a little bit different, right? So the competition level that these guys are playing against is isn't always uh, the 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 best of of what these defenses have. But still, um, is there anything that jumped off the page to you about the performances of the rookie QBs here in week pre preseason week one? Yeah, I, I thought going into the preseason that was going to be some of the narratives that were, were were coming out of the preseason, and we're already seeing that. Is you know really how long does like Jimmy Garoppolo and Andy Dalton like hold off Trey Lance and Justin Fields? Like those Lance and Fields looked really good, um, so like I was really excited to see it, and even like I was excited to see some of the second year guys like Tua, like he had a, a fifty yard bomb that got, got completed, and he didn't have any of his starters out there, um, so he looked pretty good. There was just like the quarterback performances were just really exciting to see just all across, not even the rookies, but um, we've been spoiled the last couple of years with, with rookie quarterbacks as well. We, we had Kyler and then we had Burrow and Herbert, and now we got all the rookies this year. Like it's a really exciting time for football. Um, I, I, I just don't know how long like the bears and the Niners can, to, can stay with their old starters with the, with those young guys behind them. I, I think that's some of the narrative that we're going to see. And, one of my, my narrative for the show, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later, but discusses some of these young quarterbacks that, that force teams to make decisions early that maybe they weren't planning on. Um, I don't think any of those, like when we're talking about Lance and Fields specifically, I don't think any of them are going to get the start in week one. I just, I, I think it's going to be Dalton and Garoppolo just because that's been kind of the talk since they got drafted. But man, they, they looked good. Fields looked really fun. Like what he was doing, he was just out there. He he, like we talk about one of our narratives at one of our first shows is, you know, Fields is going to be the one guy to change that narrative from that team. Like, you know, it only takes one. So like, it's it's really cool to see our narratives just kind of coming back into into play just in the preseason. So, what what were your takeaways? Yeah, I mean, similar. I, I I'm wondering how long um, the these guys are gonna, you know, the incumbents are gonna be able to hold off these these rookies. Um, you know, I I think for me, I mean, I saw Andy Dalton's press conference today. It was it was um, interesting. Heart wrenching is is one one way to describe it. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's got to be tough, right? To be to be those guys to be Dalton, to be Garoppolo. Um, and I think especially Dalton, at least at least from my point of view, um, I mean, I, I know you said you don't think that Fields is going to start week one, if I, which I, I tend to kind of lean towards also. And yet, if the kid does that for three more preseason weeks, it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. You know, I mean, he looked just totally in command of the offense when he was in there. Um, good decisions, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, electric in, in terms of his athletic ability, his ability to escape the pocket um, and, and to keep plays alive. And then the pinpoint accuracy. I mean, the, the, the kid was on fire. And and I apologize, Justin Fields. You're a young man, not a not a kid, but you you get the point. I mean, he 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 was. I thought he was outstanding. Um, and and then again, I saw the Andy Dalton press conference today, and it was like, oh, it was cringeworthy, right? He's like, well, you know, I Justin's gonna have a great career, but uh, this is my time right now, and I'm like, oh, your time's ticking, buddy, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think my takeaway is similar. I think both both 
Fields and Lance, and of course Trevor Lawrence. I think he is going to start Week One clearly um, for for Jacksonville, and rightfully so. I mean, he's he's the best quarterback on their roster. No offense to Gardner, um, but you know, I it's it's pretty clear that uh, that Lawrence is is going to be the guy there from the get go. Um, so I'm excited for all of that. I you know, you, you mentioned some of the quarterbacks that we've been really fortunate enough to watch over the last couple of years really make an impact from from day one and you're absolutely right and for me that's very exciting i mean we're you know you've got on one end of that spectrum you've got the tom brady's who just keeps freaking winning super bowls uh and you know and aaron Rodgers, and and you know peyton's out now and you know philip rivers is gone and kind of that changing of the guard from like okay these are the in, these are the guys that are starting for 10 years in the league right and now you've got this crop of young guys that barring injury looks like they're going to be the next guys to start for 10, you know, 10, 12 years in the league. And that's really exciting. Um, you know, I, the quarterback position is, is the most important position in football. Um, arguably it is, it is, I, in my opinion, and in the, in the leagues that we play in, right. Super flex leagues, uh, it's clearly the most important position. So, you know, I mean, I, 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 it's, a, it's, it's an exciting time to watch these young these young men, these young quarterbacks step into the NFL and experience a different level of football. And, and it doesn't seem too big for these guys, at least these three right Um, now. I will say Trey Lance, I'm still a little bit dicey on. So obviously the play that everybody saw was the 80 yard touchdown to, uh, I don't even know who it was to, was it to, James Richie James or I don't even it was know Richie James yeah okay James. so um obviously I mean beautiful throw you know aired it out hit him in stride he ran in the rest of the way I mean it was it was gorgeous it was an outstanding play and and right people are rightfully excited about that having said that he you know you take away that throw he was four of 13 for 48 yards so you know I, I'm not I'm not sure yet I mean that one I think is a little bit less convincing and and look he's he's got time to convince he's got three more preseason games he will increasingly play in each of those games i would imagine um so he improves on those numbers he shows the the ability to throw the ball like he did on that one pass consistently over the course of a game he's going to be right there in the conversation for for day one starting also um so it will be interesting to see what those teams choose to do with those guys um but i love it i love you know, when these young quarterbacks come in and they perform the way that, you know, some of these guys are this preseason, the way that the rookies have in the in the previous couple of NFL seasons, um, some of the names that you mentioned, you know, um, I mean, it's exciting to me. I, I'm thrilled with it and I love it and I think it's good for the game. Yeah, no, like I was that was the, the thing I was going to hit on. Like, I think it's just like you kind of talked about the quarterback position being exciting, like with those long-term guys that were there like the quarterback position was kind of not forgotten about in fantasy but it was kind of like oh it was there and i think that's kind of what bred super flex leagues is how do we make the quarterback position fun and exciting again yep. well now all these rookies are coming in like it's re- exciting regardless like just because like it's, it's that changing of the guard you talked about like we went for so long that there was no real new quarterback talent ca- coming out like we had the russell wilson we had the andrew luck but like he wasn't in the league that long and like we had 
some some guys here and there, but none of the, like the stars that had the staying power. So it's gonna be really exciting to see if these young guys have that staying power, because like you know, you brought up all those guys: Brady, Breeze, Big Ben, Rivers. Like those guys were like it was. It's hard to find guys that are gonna last that long, especially like in now this day and age. So it's going to be like interesting to see if they just have that staying power. But like I'm just excited excited for the changing of the guards, like just to see just to see that, you know, like it's, it's just going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, and continuing on in our news, we're going to keep talking about quarterbacks. I just looked at the news list and it's all quarterbacks. So we're going to keep talking about these guys. Um, not necessarily the youngsters, but you know, that, that next generation up or, or, uh, that next age group up. Uh, so let's start with, um, a, a couple of injury notes. Um, so Dak Prescott, right, had the shoulder issue uh, with the throwing shoulder. Wasn't a hundred percent sure what what exactly that was that was going on, but they were Dallas was kind of kicking around the idea of seeking a second opinion on things, and they're you know, but but it does look like Dak's back to throwing, um, and it looks like he's been throwing without pain. So that's positive news right um are you concerned at all with Dak Prescott uh to start the season and then moving forward also with this shoulder issue if you will I am a little worried about him starting the season the more and more I think about it like the it's not what they're saying but it's the amount of times that they feel they need to talk about his shoulder that shows me that there's something more there than what they're leading on like if you need to give us an update on every like okay now he threw four times today like now he's making pro- like if it's really like you have to report that much on it, it, it shows me that there's something more there. I, so I at first I wasn't concerned. I, I thought they were going to bring him back pretty slowly just because of his injury last year. But now I'm a little more worried um, just because of how much they're talking about it. Now, they haven't gone out and really, they haven't really signed any other quarterbacks. So they still don't really have much competition for him on the roster. If they're really worried, I think they would have like gone out and tried to get somebody just to come in for a little while. They haven't done that. And he is back to throwing. And I think they're just going to bring him back slowly, but you know, him not getting any reps in with his injury last year, he's going to start slow to the season. If he doesn't get any action, like throwing the ball, like he's not getting that opportunity just to get back up to game speed, to take any hits after his injury. Like, and we've all, we've seen it multiple times, you know, those, those athletes that don't get, a, a preseason after a major injury, it takes him a little while to get back up to it just because they haven't been hit for a while. And he had a really bad injury. And that's something that like mentally, like you can be physically ready, but if you don't, if you're mentally not there and worried about taking a hit, like you're going to struggle. Like, and we see that all the time. So the lack of rap, reps he's getting the constant everyday update about his shoulder and something new and, all the confusion and misleading reports. Like I am, I'm, I'm worried. Um, I have a contender with him and I've kicked around the idea of moving him, but like right now, like selling a guy when he's injured is not the time to sell, especially at right. Dax level. I'm not worried about him long-term. I just think like there's a little bit more there than what we're hearing. And like right now it's, it's really hard. The preseason is, is the time for coach speak. We're going to hear coach speak about players all, all the time, both positive and negative. And so it's, but it's just, it's just kind of telling how much they're talking about it. And I get Dallas is a huge market. It's quote unquote, America's team. Um, people say, so like, there's a lot of, a lot of eyes on, on Dallas. So I, I get the updates, but I, I am, I'm worried. 
Yeah, it, it feels a little bit. I, I remember the last time a, a throwing shoulder for a quarterback was such an issue was Andrew Luck, right? And then he ended up sitting out a year with that. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it is a little bit concerning. Um, am I am I right in that? Did he sit out a year or am I thinking Peyton who sat out? Well, with he the he sat out. Yeah, no, I thought Luck year. sat out a year too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so I mean, I, I just, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned too. Um, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm optimistic. I like to be that way. <laughs> I try to be that way in my life. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit more concerned. I'm concerned enough that, um, in, in a, in a keeper league that I'm in, uh, where I have, have Dak and had decided that I was going to keep him. Um, I'm not going to, I, now I'm fortunate. I have some other options that are, that are pretty, pretty good there um which i'm not going to name on the airwaves because i'm not sure who does and does not listen to this show so um but uh but yeah i i i have some other options that that i can go to but um you know i mean three weeks ago or a month ago i wasn't even considering it he was going to be one of my, my one of my keepers one of my guys and um at this point i i'm not gonna you know just that that uncertainty um, if it was his non-throwing shoulder, I'd do it in a second. I wouldn't even worry about it. But the throwing shoulder with a quarterback is kind of like a pitcher, right? Like they start having some type of arm something. It's cause for concern, at least more concern than, you know, and like you said, they're talking about it all the time. So like if it wasn't an issue, they wouldn't be talking about it, right? Or, or at least that's kind of the way the way that my brain works. So it sounds like we're on the same page on that one. Be careful with Dak. Obviously, no panic in the long term, but um, could affect his start this season. Uh, so just be aware of that in your leagues. Um, on to another injured quarterback, uh, Carson Wentz for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, obviously, he's he's been dealing with uh, the issue. Um, his surgery. God, I'm not even yeah. remember. His yeah, surgery, the yeah. surgery on his on. Um, I can't even. I'm going blank right now on what yeah. the injury was. On his knee. There you go. Yeah, Quentin yep. Nelson now the same thing too, right? Yep. They had like a yep. similar, very similar thing. So, question though, right? So now there's reports. It was like he was he's going to be out, and everybody's getting all excited for for uh, Sam Ellinger and um, uh, Jacob Eason and those guys. And now it's so uh, Carson Carson Wentz might be back by week one. Uh, so I have no flipping idea <laughs> if he's going to be back. I don't know if it's a good thing, a bad thing, a a, a thing at all. Um, but. You know, it, it looks like he could potentially be back by week one. So um, I, I guess I'm I mean, certainly I'm interested, obviously, from a from a quarterback standpoint in, in terms of Wentz and his production, but also um, the panic that people started to have with Jonathan Taylor. Right. Um, you know, d does this calm a little bit of that panic for Taylor uh, and, and some of the other weapons in that offense? Michael Pittman. um, you know what? What? What are your thoughts here with Wentz? Do you think he'll be ready, and and what does it mean fantasy wise? I think he could be ready, but I don't think that I don't think we'll see him week one. I think a week two or three start is still going to be smart for him. Like it's it's a longer season. You have an extra game in the season that you can use to to make up any any ground you lost. I I don't. I think they'll be smart and not rush him week one. Now it wasn't a major injury um, that him and Nelson both had. Um, I th I don't like with Jack. I don't think there's going to be any long term concerns there. I was actually never really worried about um, Taylor. I just I just wasn't. 
um, I because I, I I was going in to with Wentz being week two or three. I thought it was going to be on the shorter time of that, and it's it's looking like that. Um, so I'm not really. I am a little worried about the the weapon, the wide receiving weapons with Pittman and Hilton and Paris Campbell because he's new to that team, so he hasn't he already hasn't had work with them, and now he's not getting any work with them now. But they're two weeks from the surgery. Um, they were given a three to five week kind of window for when he would start being on the field. So he's, you know, he's a week out from when the short timeline would be. So like it could happen, but I, I, I think week two or three, they're, they're, they're going to bring him back, let him get some practice time with those guys so that he can sit on the field and have some rapport. Um, so I think that's what we'll see. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at week one per se. Like we've seen crazier things. Frank, Wright, You never know what he's going to do. Like, so he could just go for it, but I think they're going to be smart with, especially with the longer season and keep him out two or three, regardless of how he wants to come out there. Um, and they would be smart to, cause there's that whole trade situation with Philly. Like if he plays so many snaps and their second moves to a first. And I know Rocky as a, as, as an Eagles fan, he wants to see once on the field week one. So I think there's a little bit more motivation outside of the injury for, them to, to rest them for a couple more weeks so that's what yeah. that's where i'm at yeah and i'd agree i think i think that's the smart move i mean you're you're talking about um you know again the most important position on the field right and it's better to be without him for a week or two or three than it is to rush him back have him for a half and then have him out seven weeks right so um i'm, I'm with you there i think that's the smart move and i think that's likely to happen too i don't think they'll rush him back i think they'll lean on taylor and the other running backs maybe marlon mack um depending on his you know recovery and and the role that he has in the offense um naeem hines um you know they'll they'll rely kind of on on those guys uh, the first couple of weeks of the season. And then once Wentz gets back, maybe they'll open the offense up a little bit. We'll have to see, but yeah. Um, and like, obviously we know it was, it was just a week one of the preseason. So we're trying mm-hmm. not to get too excited, but Easton looked pretty decent out there. Mm-hmm. Um, like he, I mean, he didn't, he looked like a guy that could, that could manage the game and, and not really go out there and lose the game for them. Like he's not going to go win it, but I don't think he's going to go lose it for them. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think seeing that, would is is going to help them make that decision as well. Now, I think this weekend will be really telling because it's only a three week preseason now. So seeing what happens in week two with Eason, like I think he's going to get a little bit more rain. We'll kind of see what happens there, but he looked good enough at least in the first game from what we've seen that I think he could he could manage it for a couple weeks. Yeah, awesome, awesome, good stuff. It'll be interesting to see uh, how that situation plays out. Um, Let's get into one more quarterback here, and then we'll get it back into our narratives. Um, so, obviously, a a huge, huge, huge story in the National Football League right now is everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, we, you're you're talking about one of your league's uh, star elite players, um, who obviously, you know, anybody who 
who knows anything about the NFL or pays any type of attention knows that, um, you know, Watson's in a little bit of hot water right now um, for allegedly, um, you know, some some not so great stuff. So um, we're not going to get into details of any of that uh, in, in, in this show, but we are going to talk about the input, uh, the impact um, of, of his fantasy value and, and what this means for him uh, and also for for the Texans. Um, but so now not only are there civil complaints, not only are there criminal complaints, uh, not only is he being being investigated, um, you know, by, by by DAs and and different things. Now we've got the FBI involved in this in this legal, uh, whatever you want to call it, stuff. Um, Dustin, I am so. First of all, I'm, I mean, I'm interested in your general thoughts on this, but also I'm specifically interested because you and I actually made a trade in the Justice League of Superflexers. Um, which is a charity best ball league run by Bobby Koch. Um, and we made a trade that involved Deshaun Watson. I actually had him rostered uh, and traded him away to you um, back on March 29th. So this was shortly after the initial report. Um, I don't even know if, if the initial legal reports had come out. It was like he was holding out for trades and stuff. Um so yeah, I don't even... a little bit of stuff, but not like anything, not near the number right. and the severity of kind of what was going on. Right, right, right. So, uh, so the trade itself was, uh, I, I moved Deshaun Watson and DJ Chark, uh, for, and, and you sent me back Nick Foles and DeAndre Hopkins, which, uh, which was the main piece for me in, in that one. Uh, Cause it doesn't look like Foles is going to get on the field anytime soon either. So, um, but, but I'm interested to see, I know, you know, we had some discussions around the trade and then also a little bit after, but now, you know, being five months removed and, and knowing what we know now, how do you feel about that deal? And then obviously, how do you feel about this whole situation? Man, that's a, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, the trade itself, um, I mean, it still somewhat makes sense from, for my team. I was definitely rebuilding. Right. Um, that isn't my great team. I still like DJ Chark. So, you know, it was still somewhat made sense for me. I, but I'm super worried about Watson and I'm trying not to put my personal thoughts and beliefs into this. Mm-hmm. I think no matter what happens to him, unless, like it's a long-term prison sentence. He doesn't get suspended more than a year. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way that he plays in 2021. Like that, I would put negative percentage if I could. Like there's zero chance he plays in 2021. I, outside of personal beliefs, I think he will be back on the field in some uniform in 2022. Mm-hmm. I think that there's enough teams that are willing to pay for him. They're just waiting for the legal things to happen. Now, the thing that's concerning about me is his attorney came out, um, I think, yesterday or today and said he didn't do any of these things. There was some sexual activity that happened, but it wasn't what has been reported. All along, they said nothing had happened all along. And now they're kind of backtracking that a little bit to say, no, what they're saying didn't happen. There was something, but it was 
like mutual or whatever, you know? So now that their story is changing a little bit, it, it's making me pause a little bit. I think the FBI is involved because of how I think Houston or the state of Texas is, is moving forward with um, trafficking because it was across state lines type thing. Like I'm not like in the whole legal thing of it. Yeah. Um, I'm in a, uh, in a chat with our buddy, Scott Connor, who kind of broke it down a lot um, that they're, they don't have enough on any of the other fronts. So they're going with this because it was, he paid someone to come across state lines to, to do something, you know, um, I'm just trying to keep it about, about fantasy football and stuff like that. So I, I, you know, the situation, I don't think we're going to have anything probably for the next six months. If, if that, um, like I've always stuck by he'll miss a year, but like if, if there's no, resolution until March, April next year, like it definitely could go into 2022. I still think it's just going to be a one year thing right now. I don't think when it gets to the NFL hands, I don't think that they'll suspend anybody more than a season. Like I just, there was no, there was no video. There was no whatever. Um, there, there's nothing that like is really pointing at it besides just these allegations. Um, now, it could happen that he's blackballed from the league if any of it comes true, and then he misses his career. You know, like Ray Rice. You know, right? Like there was, there was, there was video with Ray Rice and no real remorse there. So he got kicked, he got blackballed from the league, and it's a little bit different for quarterbacks, like especially superstar quarterbacks. Uh, teams tend to like you can't just find another Deshaun Watson. So, you know, if if it's even half as bad as what it says, I think he'll get another shot in the league. Unfortunately, um, that's just kind of the society that we live in where star athletes, especially a quarterback position, like get multiple opportunities. But I think as of now, I'm just I'm thinking he's going to miss a year. I do regret missing that or doing the trade a little bit just because like I don't really want anything to to do with him right now. Like, and I and like and I, I look at all of my my any transactions the way I, I play fantasy football as just value. And if I'm just taking out any of the, the background with him and just value, like he will never ever return the value. Even if he comes back and everything's fine and he's proven innocent and, and things like that, um, that he's never going to return the value that, that I, that I paid for. Him. Like I just, that's, he's always going to have this around him regardless of what happens. Um, I, I, I struggle with this one a lot because there, it, there, there's a lot of smoke there. So like with this much smoke, there's gotta be some fire, but also like, I, I try to believe in the justice system that like, Hey, he hasn't had his, his day in court and, and things like that. So like, it's a really difficult case and I'm very conflicted on a lot that's happening with it. And I, I really don't know how to approach it. Like my thoughts change every time new news comes up, like what I think and what I, what I believe and just everything about it, just, it changes constantly because like, I, I just don't know about it. Like I'm trying to like separate some of the personal versus the like fantasy side of things. Um, sure. You know, but yeah, it's sure. that's, well, that's and, a loaded question. Well, and, and so, and, and so just, 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 
with with that statement too, I, I didn't I, I certainly didn't mean to to, to no, no, pull, I, I mean I didn't mean to bring our trade in to to make you feel worse about it by any no, means. I mean, honestly, from from a fantasy football perspective, assuming that he only misses a year, this is gonna end up being a pretty good trade for you because I don't think DJ Chark is just a chum either, right? Like, yeah. I mean, this is a guy that's gonna you know, he, he's got a new quarterback. I think it's probably the best quarterback he's played with, you know, and, and, and he's, he's got talent. So with, with that, and then the return of Deshaun Watson from a fantasy perspective, I mean, this could easily a year from now, not this year, like you said, I think it's probably unlikely that he plays this season. Um, but beyond that, if he comes back and he gets a starting job in the league, I mean, obviously, Deshaun Watson is an unbelievable talent, right? And he's probably going to succeed on the football field. Um, so, and, and especially, and you, you, you mentioned it, but I'll mention it again and, and, and kind of drive the point home. You know, your, your team in, in your, your timeline isn't this year. You're probably not competing this year and not because you have a, totally shitty team or anything i swear again um but but i was waiting for it but well you know you, you know you know what to expect with me right um but uh you know but but your timeline right it, it, it i mean this watson coming back into the league potentially lines up more with what you're building right it gives you time to make moves over the next year or so to put yourself in a position where okay now i enter a star quarterback into my roster and boom now i'm now i'm a lot further ahead than where i was right i mean for you hopkins i mean by the time you're ready to roll hopkins is 30 or older right so yep. so it makes total sense from the trade standpoint i mean i i think it was a good trade based on the the team makeup i really do and and i think i you know i th also think it was a good trade for me um and and you know the the risk and i'm i'm on record how many times across how many podcasts about being so risk averse right like i'm not somebody who loves a lot of risk um so for me it made sense um to 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 move on from him for for at this point um and and we did the deal and and like you said at that point in time the information that you had i mean if you had the information you have now you probably aren't making that deal today right but yeah. but at that point in time it made total sense and still does the logic was 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 sound um and and look again we you know we're we're talking fantasy football on this show personal stuff aside i mean obviously nobody nobody loves talking about this right and 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 i think we we can all say that you know if he did what he's accused of doing he's a scumbag and and none of us probably want anything to do with him on our rosters at all even if he scores us fantasy points right um yeah. so um but like you said too you know uh, we we've we've got to do what we can to put faith in the justice system to find out the truth and then respond accordingly to that that's all we can really do um so anyways uh that was kind of our last news note um i'm dude we we've we've actually been going for 35 minutes already which is wild um i want to make sure that we we give ourselves enough time here on on the narratives and i think we should move right into those um 
I'm excited about this because I think both of these are, are going to be fun to talk about um, back and forth between the two of us and, and hopefully fun for the listeners to listen to, too. So um, I'll leave it up to you whether you want to start this week or whether you want me to start this week. Um, what what are you thinking in that regard? You want to you want to get going here with yours? Yeah, or? Let, me, let me let me go. Yeah, because it kind of has to do with some of the stuff, the topics we've already talked about. Sure. Yep. Um, so so my narrative was. Um, and some things that I've I've heard for multiple years is that preseason um, stats, usage, way guy looks um, doesn't really matter. Like it's just the preseason. It's just for there for people to get used to to taking hits and game speed. But like their performances don't really matter. Um, and I'm against that. I, I I don't think that for the most part. I think for the most part it does matter. Like you use like, and I will say it, it matters a lot more for these rookies, these young guys, but like if, if preseason didn't matter, we wouldn't have had, you know, and I made a list of some guys that like kind of made their, their careers in the preseason. You know, we had Russell Wilson, uh, Dak Prescott. We talked about earlier, like those guys were not, those guys were later picks that were not thought of as starting quarterbacks, especially in Russell Wilson's case, you know, I'm out here in Seattle, like, so I got to see that a lot closer, a lot firsthand. Like he wasn't playing with the starters. Like in he, like they went paid Matt Flynn a ton of money to be the guy. Like now that was, we won't get into what that decision was on Matt Flynn, but um, you know, Russell Wilson like made them change their mind. Like in that performance mattered. And now look at Russell Wilson, like, you know, and Dak Prescott did the same thing. Like Dak Prescott came in and basically made Tony, Tony Romo irrelevant. Like he, he had to retire um, because there was Dak. You know, we had Philip Lindsay, David Johnson, um, Victor Cruz, Kenny Galladay, Jason Robinson last year, or James Robinson last year. Like all these performances were, were because of preseason and like not see if they weren't out there or they didn't get those opportunities, it would be completely different in the league. Um, now I will say like, if it's somebody that you've already seen before and then they're, they're out there performing well, like that's expected, you know, but like, um, these young guys, the rookies, second, third year players, like that, their performances matter. Um, I won't say, so stats don't matter. Like, don't, I, I, I don't worry about the stats. I look more like, um, when are they coming in? Are they, are they running with the first strings? They come in with the second strings. Are they? the first running back in and they, the second running back in um, are they looking in shape on the field? Are they like picking up their blocking assignments? Because like, yes, blocking does matter for running backs and tight ends. Cause that's what gets you on the field. Like, are they doing the little things that is going to get them on the field to give them opportunities? Because really the fantasy, uh, fantasy football is just all about opportunity. Like if you're going to get an opportunity on the field, you're going to get that trust. Um, so I'm out there. I, I'm a big believer that the preseason does matter. Um, I don't think that four games matters. Like, and we've kind of seen that. Um, and for your established stars um, or starters, like it, it doesn't really matter. Like you, you do want to see rapport and stuff like that. But for these young guys and um, you know, second, third year, like it, it really does matter. Cause this is to them, this is their season. Like they might not get another shot. So like, to just dismiss what they're doing and saying preseason doesn't matter. You're going to miss potentially some opportunity to see future studs, uh, future stars like blooming. Um, and I, I, I just gave a big list of, 
of, of players that have done it recently. Like there, there's a lot more than that, but all these guys were ones that, that made their careers by performing in the preseason and then getting that opportunity. And some, some players will only get their one preseason to try to make a difference and make a team. And so um, it matters to me. Um, I, and I, I, I think like, like I was saying, this is going to be some of the opportunities, only opportunities you're going to see to see some of these players. So um, what do you think? I, I'm really curious to see where you are on this. Um, I was talking to somebody else earlier and they were very like, no, I, I, I don't think preseason matters at all. Um, like, and I'm, not, I'm just looking at like individual players, like not team performance. Um, but yeah, what, what's your thoughts? Where are you at on this argument? So when people hear me say this, they're going to be frustrated because I'm going to say that I agree and disagree. Um, but, but I'm not, let me explain because I'm not, I, I don't feel like I'm straddling a fence. I feel like there's a reason. Okay. Here's, here's what I'd say. I think a preseason can make a player. Okay. I, I think the positives or the the positive opportunity, right? The opportunity to increase your value in the eyes of your coach, okay? Or in the eyes of fantasy players, which doesn't matter nearly as much to us, right? I mean, it does, but it doesn't. I mean, what the coach thinks matters because the coach decides whether this person's going to get playing time and the ball, right? So I think you can make a very positive impact in the preseason. I think it matters from that standpoint. I don't necessarily think that the preseason, I mean, unless you're talking fringe players, okay, players that are fighting to make the team, right? I mean, those players, everything matters. The preseason absolutely matters, top to bottom, okay? But when I'm talking about, you know, just players in general, the whole team, you know, individuals, but, but just generally speaking, I think you can make a positive impact um, and, and gain additional opportunities based on your preseason play. I think from negative side of that, I don't think the negative impact is quite as heavy as, as the positive side. Does that even make sense? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm following where you're so, going. So so like I think you can you can make a career. I, I mean I think I think it's possible to make or break a career in the preseason. But for established players, I think you can, you know, you can take that next step to okay. I, last year I was on the team and I was a like bench player, like didn't play right. And now this year I'm a player who's going to get opportunities in in real NFL games because. I busted my ass in the offseason and I've I earned the opportunity to get more opportunity. Okay. Um, but I think a player who's a bench player, for example, with solid roster spot, like they're not going to get cut, but maybe they're a backup, right? They're probably not going to get dropped off the team for not performing great in the preseason. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's where I am on it. I think, I think, you know, again, I think that the preseason, so does the preseason matter? Okay. Here, here's the other place where I say the preseason definitely matters. Quad size matters. All right. Yeah, I mean, how, how the we're talking, I mean, into camp looking, I, you know, how when, they look in camp. Look, matters. Michael, look, um, uh, Mike Davis, 
four round bump. Like it, you got to give it to him. Did you see that dude's thighs? Like he's not yeah. getting tackled. He's not getting yeah. tackled. Okay. So, I mean, Saquon, I mean, you know how I feel about him. So we're not even going to get into that. Um, but you know, when, when AJ Dillon, when those, yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. Geo, what the hell? Yeah. Holy. I mean, some of the, so quad size definitely matters. This is hilarious. This is starting to go off the rails too, but that's okay. So <laughs> we're going to rein it back in a little bit here. Um, so, so again, I, I, I definitely think preseason matters. I do. I, you know, and I, I think players get the opportunity to make plays in the preseason that they normally wouldn't get because starting players are going to get reps and they're going to get playing time in games. Right. So some of these guys are playing now in the preseason because the starters aren't playing. So they get an opportunity to make an impression. So it absolutely matters to them. Okay. Um, but I don't think that, you know, if a player has a, a, a you know, is, is averaging two yards a carry and doesn't score in the preseason, but their roster spot is solid. Does that mean they're getting bumped down the depth chart or cut at the end of the camp? No, I don't believe that's the case in most cases, generally speaking. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll disagree with you a little bit. And it's good. Like, we haven't really disagreed. Like, now a starter coming in, like a Saquon coming in and getting two yards per carry with the first team doesn't. No, really matter. No, I just get, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off one second here before you go any further. You need to be real careful here. We're talking about Saquon Barkley. No, right now, I w- I was saying Saquon's job is safe. Like, <laughs> okay, you, yeah, okay, you have okay. a, a stud, a star like Saquon. Yes, who's he's proven in the league, but he, he gets he's get two yards of carry, three yards of carry. Like that doesn't matter. You have a a a third round running back that you drafted that's out there with the second or third string getting two yards of carry. Okay. Maybe, you know what? He can even do it on the lesser competition. Maybe he's not what we thought he was. So that's like, there's still something telling there regardless of what, what the, what he looks like on the field, like those, those numbers and what he's looking like on the field. Like that's where I brought up, like where they're at in their performance with where they're at in the, the cadence or the, the game plan matters where if they're coming out with third stringers and then they're still not performing. Okay. That's pretty telling for a guy, you know, the, the guy, the, the guys that are playing in the fourth preseason game and still can't perform like the fourth preseason game is usually the last chance for, for the guys to make it. Those are the guys that are fighting for the last couple of roster spots, like not performing in that game is going to matter for, for these players, you know, you know, if, if Michael Carter came out, like he wasn't an early pick, he was, I think, a third rounder, I want to say. If he came out and was running with the threes and was getting two to two and a half yards of carry, okay, he's not, he's probably not going to climb that depth chart like we thought he was, especially at running back position. Like it's usually, usually the guys come in at running back and they're ready to perform, for, perform right away. And we've seen that happen, like these second or day two, day three running backs who, don't perform and then they don't get another shot. And so those are, those are the ones that I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. Like, yes, the, the two yards per carry ultimately doesn't really matter, but if it's a third, a, you know, a third stringer doing that, that had some potential, but they, he's a rookie. They wanted him to work his way up and then he's still not performing. He might not climb that depth chart like we thought. 
and might not get that shot. Like we've, we've seen that a couple of times. So um, that's, that's where I'm at. I, I, I still think those little things matter. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like we both kind of agree that like context matters in terms of what, what type of position the player is battling for on the squad. Right. Um, you know, so, so, I mean, there we were talking about like, you know, we've been talking about young guys and rookies and third, you know, second and third teamers as opposed to those established starters. So, uh, so maybe we, we adjust the, the, you know, does preseason matter? It doesn't matter for your star players and your starting players, right? Typically. Um, but it definitely matters for those guys that are, you know, fighting to be promoted into, you know, more prominent roles in on the team, you know, players that are going to actually get NFL playing time and, um, and, and, and players that are fighting to make the rosters. So yep, that's a great so. narrative. I mean, that's, it certainly is, is a great, a great, um, a great talking point and discussion as far as, um, you know, as far as the narratives go, um, you know, honestly, I, I would think, you know, I, I think, I mean, you make some great points, Dustin. I think that you know you probably probably pulled me your way a little bit more to to the to the side that thinks, okay, yeah, preseason does kind of matter, um, maybe more than we make it out to as as fantasy players. And I think that's where, like, ultimately, like the performances, the stats, the win loss record, none of that matters in, in, in preseason. So, like, I, I will agree with with that side of it. Like, the way your team does and stuff like that, that doesn't matter. Like. And it's 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 easy to fall into that it doesn't matter because you know you might not see Saquon at all in the preseason, or you might not see him and Galladay and Daniel Jones all on the field at the same time. Like you won't see the full team. Like so, I, I definitely can see where where people are coming from when they say that that the preseason doesn't matter. Like really, like it's it's football that doesn't count. None of the, the stats count. Um, nobody really pays attention to um, spring training baseball too much. Like, yes, they go, but like nobody really pays attention to that. Nobody pays uh, attention to the summer league basketball. So like it, it doesn't matter from the game standpoint, but there's still a lot that you can learn about teams and players and, and what systems they want to run and things like that. Like there's still a lot to learn from there. So to just dismiss and say, none of it matters is, is short-sighted in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. Yep, I agree with that. Cool, man. Well, that's a great narrative. That was fun, fun chatting about. And like you said, we don't we don't disagree very often. So uh, when when we can make each other think a little bit and and uh, and and go back and forth a little bit, that's always fun too. So um, good stuff there. Um, I'm excited so, to hear yours. You you yeah. kind of hinted a little bit about it in the uh, the beginning of the show, and I was or before the show, and I was like, I'm really disinterested to see where you're gonna go. Yeah, so I'm I'm interested to kind of get your take on this when 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 I get finished too because um what what I know about you you know is is that value is really important to you right and you're a you're a value based player you're a value based drafter a value based trader right so um so so this is going to be interesting my narrative is is around the idea of drafting players at their ceiling. Um, you know, it, it's a concept that that you see quite a bit on Twitter. I mean, sometimes it's it's as a as a clever one liner or, or at least 
thing. Um, so, so, so I'm, I'm interested in this, this, this is fascinating to me and, and it, it's got me thinking, um, you know, it, it, it the, the, the narrative that I pick up on is that drafting a player at their ceiling is not good. That it's a, a kind of a negative thing. Like we shouldn't necessarily be drafting players at their ceiling. Okay. Um, and I don't know that I agree with that. And 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 let me let me get into it and explain a little bit. So first of all, I mean, I think I think the one area that most of us could agree on is when we're talking about those first round picks, right? We're talking about Christian McCaffrey or Jonathan Taylor or Dalvin Cook or Saquon or Alvin Kamara or Justin Jefferson or right. We're talking about these dynasty guys that are that are your no brainer, hands down first round picks. Um, you know, I, I think we're we're all admitting that like okay like look in that, in that first round maybe even the first half of that second round we're absolutely drafting these guys at at their ceilings right because i mean they're not first round picks they don't deserve to be first round picks we're not going to be picking them that high if we don't expect them to return on that investment right i mean you're yeah. not going to take uh uh, Tyler Boyd, with all due respect, Tyler Boyd, I love Tyler Boyd. I really do. Um, but we're not taking Tyler Boyd with a first round pick, right? Yeah. All right. So, yeah. so with the first round, first round and a half, you're drafting at ceiling pretty much with most of those guys. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to exclude those guys from the conversation. All right. Um, but when we get a little bit later into drafts, um, I, I just I don't know that drafting players at and, and look, you, you, you have to. I mean, for those that know me and know me in the community at all, I mean, I'm a value based player, too. The value has to be right. The value's got to be right in the trades that I make. The value has to be right from a drafting standpoint. I'm always looking for opportunities to capitalize on value. Right. I mean, that's just a smart dynasty strategy for building teams okay having said that have you ever owned a and, and this it, i was thinking about this before the show and i was thinking about how i was going to kind of make my point here and i first let me let me say i love all of you and i do not mean to offend anyone and i don't ever want that to be a thought in anybody's mind okay like who's this guy talking about this this stuff or whatever but but and you'll understand in a minute when i when i get into this but so i look at this kind of like you know if if anybody's out out there's ever had a pair of oakley sunglasses right or or costas like costas are really really good sunglass especially if you're a water person if you didn't know that now you do if you're on the water buy some costas they're unbelievable um, and worth every penny. And, and, and that's the point, right? Um, I mean, you can buy sunglasses at Target or Walmart or wherever for 10 bucks and they block the sun. Okay. They do. I mean, they block the sun. Okay. Um, but if you've ever had a pair of Oakley's, a pair of Costa's, a pair of Ray-Bans, a pair of Maui Jim's, whatever, these, these higher, you know, and, you know, let's turn it into cars, right? So, you're going to invest more to buy a Mercedes-Benz. 
I'm German. I'm going to use German cars. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and there is absolutely not. And here's where the offended, offended stuff comes in. Right. And, and I'm, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to use my old car, which is also a German car, which was awesome. And I loved it and it was amazing. And I, wish I could have kept it in forever, but I'm going to just use it for this example so that yeah, this is my old car. So I'm trying not to offend anybody, all that stuff. Right. So, so say, you know, you, you're going to know the difference between a 1996 Jetta and a 2021 Mercedes S class. I don't even know if that's a class, a Mercedes Benz. Okay, you're gonna know the difference, right? I mean, you you sit down in a Mercedes, it's like, and I I don't sit in Mercedes very often either. I drive a truck, so it's all good. But you know, you 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 get what I'm saying though. Like, there you 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 know the the old adage, you get what you pay for, right? You get what you pay for. Yeah. So when you're and and look here, and I'm combining two. I'm I'm going rogue tonight. I'm combining two Go narratives. It. Go for it. All right. Here's 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 another narrative. Um, people tell me not to chase points, right? That's a narrative. Don't yeah. chase points. Do, do have a process. Don't chase points. Bullshit. I'm chasing points. You want to know why? You want to know why I chase points? Because points are the only thing that wins you leagues. That's true. 100% true. There's the only thing that wins you leagues. Points. You got to score more points than the person you're playing against. Okay? I mean, if you're if you're a genius and, and a, a mind reader, first of all, you shouldn't be in fantasy football if you're a mind reader. You should be doing something much more important with your damn life, okay? No offense to anybody out there again, but, like, seriously, if you can read people's minds, <laughs> get out of fantasy football. You got to edit that one. I'm sorry. I made work for you. I'll buy you're you a good. beer. I'll no, buy you. Uh, fifty-eight forty-five. But but seriously, if you if you can read minds, get out of fantasy football. Do something really important with your life. Like that's an amazing, unbelievable thing. All right. But we can't read minds. We 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 can't. We're, we're, it's not. It's not. We can't see the future. Okay. We can try to predict it. Sure. Okay. There's a lot of people. A lot of really smart people in fantasy football that give you models and predictions on how to win in this game. Certainly, I listen to that stuff. Certainly, I implement it into my decision-making processes, okay? But at the end of the day, the bottom line is points, more points than your opponent win you fantasy leagues, okay? So I'm going to move on from that narrative, but but it kind of it it kind of plays into to to the one I I brought in tonight, right? So so don't so chasing points isn't bad, okay? Drafting players at their ceiling also is not bad. It's not. You're going to get what you pay for, all right? You can sure you can get Kareem Hunt in the sixth round, and maybe he has a year like he had last year, and now you're really smart looking because you got production value in the sixth round as opposed to paying for it in the third good for you it's very rare that that happens so i had some specific thoughts of where i was going to go with this um i agree with your statement of you get what you pay for like the, the top guys are the top guys for a reason but i also look at it as the top guys are never going to 
I don't like Christian McCaffrey is never going to to go above what he did. That his one his amazing two year stretch, three year stretch. He's never going to top that. And like this is about like to to, to me like to, dynasty is about winning. Like we we talked about this a little bit on one of our last shows. Like dynasties rarely ever happen. Like it's a dynasty league because you keep your team. Like you can keep your team, but nobody really wins the dynasties in the league. Like get that. But the the premise is is to try to create a dynasty, mm-hmm. and the way to do that is by moving those top assets for multiple assets at their top value, so that you're continuing to get more of those top assets to to keep kicking the the cane down the street and and winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you that it, it, it's extremely hard to to have the patience and the mindset to do that. Um, but like, I, I agree with you that the top guys are there for a reason, but like, I don't like, I try and maybe I'm different than most. I don't usually make a first round pick because I'm never going to, the, the chances of anybody in the first couple of rounds of actually returning their value at those spots is pretty, pretty, pretty low. Um, no, yes, Christian McCaffrey will be a running back one, but when you're drafting him one, two, three overall, you're expecting him to be the running back one. And I don't know that that's a guarantee that that's going to happen. You know, there's going to be other guys that are, are performing there. And especially at the running back position, now we're getting on a whole another, another narrative and another, another street, but they're just like, we saw that with Otto Beckham is a prime example. When his after his huge season, everybody's annoying him. The clear cut 101. I traded the 101, which was Saquon Barkley, for Odell Beckham. Shame on you. <laughs> Odell I'm Beckham just, was. I'm, I'm just teasing, dude. He was Saquon, 25, and he's a receiver that absolutely. lasts longer in the league, and he had sure. just had one of the best seasons a wide receiver sure. has ever had. Yep. Now, me doing that was chasing the points and, you know, buying at their ceiling. And now how do I look in that trade? Odo Beckham has not come close to anything that he has, that he had done before. Okay. Now Saquon's been hurt a couple of seasons and, but he like the values like Odo Beckham right now is in the 11th round of ADP 10th, 9th, 10th, 11th, right in that range. You know, Saquon's still late, late first ADP. Like, I've I've never come close to anywhere close to recouping any value on that trade. Okay, but so on let me, paper, okay. at the time I won that, I I, I would have dominated that deal because Beckham right. was going for multiple first round picks. Right. So so let me ask you this because I I think so so uh, I, and I want to clarify too because and and maybe I didn't do a good job stating this either. So I'm talking about drafting players at their ceiling. I'm not necessarily talking as much about trading per se, because I think in trades, yeah, I think trades, like if you're a smart trader, you're going to trade these guys at their top value. Like, right. Right. And you have in every league, we'll have the guys that chase points that, that buy guys at their, their, their ceiling because they like at the end of the day, Dynasty players are 
excited about having the sexiest roster. Like really, like that's, that's what, but I do get where you're coming from in a draft perspective. Like obviously you're, you're going to take, if you have a first round pick and you don't move out, you're going to take Christian McCaffrey in Barkley or in, in any of these guys, because like, that's the right thing to do. Like you're not going to go take a Tyler Boyd, but like as your example, but the part of that is, is like, you don't have to like, you don't have to take those guys there because they're not going there. Like that's where ADP comes in. Like, so like I, it's hard for me to look at it from a draft perspective because obviously you're going to take the best player available, regardless of you think they're going to drop off. Now you may choose somebody else over that. Like if, if they're a couple of close guys, you may be like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to take Nick Chubb, but I'm going to take Joe Mixon because I don't like Chubb this year, but they're both about the same value and stuff like that. That's not what we're talking about. Like, but and maybe and maybe I'm not making sense, but like you're going to like yes, you're not you're gonna take the first round guys because they're first round guys and you don't have to take a tower void because you can get them six rounds later. Like you like the opportunity costs there, you don't have to make that decision in, in, in the first round. Like um so I I I'm I'm struggling a little bit with, with your thoughts on it. Um I do think that you should um, like obviously take your first round guys in the first round. Like I definitely, definitely think that you should. Um, but I, I don't like either in the draft or in trading any, just either of the situations buying a guy at their ceiling. Like I just, you're never going to get the value back and the chances of them underperforming is higher than them overperforming is where I'm at. Yeah. Well, and, and look, I'm so, so we, we all play this game, right? And there are some things that are obvious, right? If you can get output with, if you can get output from a 22 year old, if you're drafting, if you're sitting at the one Oh five and you're drafting and you have, you know, Justin Jefferson, an absolute stud wide receiver at 22 years old. And you have, you know, uh, Deandre Hopkins, an absolute stud receiver at 28 years old. I'm not naive, right? Like I'm going to take Jefferson because there's, you know, you're going to get the same production and the person's younger. I get that. What I don't get is I don't get taking, I don't get taking, you know, I'm trying to look at where Hopkins, I'm, I'm scrolling through here. He's actually, he's actually pretty high in, uh, in he's a wide receiver nine in ADP, which I'm actually very proud of the community that he's still a top 10 receiver. Um, that's awesome. But like, uh, okay, so Jamar Chase, okay, is going at the end of the second round. Okay. And like, I get it. I get the appeal. I love Jamar Chase. I have him in a bunch of places because I love him so much. He's, I mean, I, I, and I expect that he'll come in and, and he'll be really good. Okay. But like, I would have a really, really, really hard time taking Jamar Chase over guys like Terry McLaren, over guys like Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Keenan freaking Allen, who is forever underrated. All that guy's going to do is catch a hundred and some passes for 1300 yards and eight touchdowns. I guarantee freaking to it if he doesn't get hurt you know so i i just I, yeah i i think i 
I don't know. It's 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 a touchy thing, and I think depending on people's, um, you know, d- d- depending on how comfortable you are, uh, w- you know, with your own draft strategies and different things like that. I just I don't think that drafting at, especially drafting, not trading, but drafting. I don't always think that drafting a player at their ceiling. Is I mean, part of the reason you're drafting them at the ceiling is because they've proven that they've done it and they can do it and they are expected to do it again. Like you said, when you're drafting those guys at the top end of the first round or even if you're drafting guys in the third or fourth round, I mean, you're expecting that they're going to provide value based on where they've been drafted, right? So you're drafting them with the expectation that you're going to get return on, on the investment. So... I mean, yeah, I, I, think- I, I I see where you're going with with like specifically the Hopkins, McLaurin, Keenan, Jamar Chase. Like, I I'm there with you. I'm not taking Jamar Chase in the top ten of wide receivers. Like, he's just not there for me until he's shown something. Um, I mean, think about the people that took Jalen Rager last year in the top ten of wide receivers, right? And and yeah. I'm not I'm not ripping on Jalen Rager. I got a bunch of shares too. I know we're not supposed to use shares anymore. Apparently, Matt Kelly said we're not supposed to use shares. So. But I have a lot of exposure to Jalen Rager too, right? And and I expect that he will bounce back. I'm not I'm not crapping on Jalen Rager, but people that took Jalen Rager over DeAndre Hopkins last year are banging their face off of. Yeah, the and table. like I'm lo- and I'm looking at like, and obviously like I think Jamar Chase is a, a, is an extreme example, but it helps. It definitely helps you prove your narrative. Um, but like I'm looking at August ADP from last year. Rager was wide receiver 29. Like, so the difference between like, you know, expecting a wide receiver two late wide receiver two wide receiver three from Rager, I don't think is like really overpaying in like, and pass you at, at wide receiver 29. You're not, you're not passing on people at their ceilings for Rager. Um, so like obviously chase like a nine uh, that's, that's definitely going to help you prove your narrative, but like, Rager was behind Rager was Marquise Brown, Debo Samuel, Tyler Boyd, Parker, Ruggs, Gallup. Like, yeah, I'm taking Rager, the first round wide receiver, over all of those guys in a draft. Um, per, because I think all those guys are, are about the same. And they're, they're like, when you get to that level of wide receiver, like, you can, you can get those guys like pretty easily, you know? Um, but I, I get where you're going with it. Like, I'm not taking Chase over. McLaurin or Keenan or Hopkins. I'm just, I'm just not there. Like, because I agree with like points, chasing those points, right. Is what's going to, what's how you're going to win, win in football. So I, I I agree with where you're going with that. Um, It's hard. It's just, it's hard for me to, to really get all the way there because I rarely like draft early guys. Like I'm a notorious trade back guy. That's just what I do. So I'm I'm never paying. I'm never drafting a guy at at their ceiling, really, um, because you know that's just not my style. Um, but I, I I'm there with you on on like these like some of these 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 guys. Like you want guys in their prime. Like in primes are three or four years long. And like McCaffrey, like yeah, you're not going to get his number one season again. But if you're he's a top three running back, you're still going to be really happy that you took him in the first round. So exactly. I, I, I get where you're going with it. Um, yeah. So it was, it was fun just to like talk through because like 
a lot of people get into drafting and trading. Like a lot of people, when they throw that term out, like, you know, don't draft, don't, don't get a guy at their ceiling. Like mm-hmm. they're looping that all in. And like, there's completely different mindsets, whether it's trading or drafting. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, this was fun, man. I mean, it was fun that, that we were kind of at least initial responses to the narratives today were a little bit on the other end. I, I you know, I think we had some good discussion and hopefully, uh, but I, I mean, I know with, with my narrative, I'm probably on an Island, especially in the dynasty community. I mean, I, I can't imagine there's too many people that would agree with my stance there, but um, you know, no, just but I think of- you played it, you, you laid it out pretty well. Like you're never going to pass on one of these first round guys like in, in drafting wise, you're never going to pass on them to take like a Jamar Chase. If you're, if you're, if you're, sorry, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but if you're a smart owner, you're not going to pass on, you know, Tyreek Hill to take Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Like you're never going to do that. Like you're going to, Ty, Tyreek Hill probably had his best season last year. Like he's still going to go in the first round. Like, mm-hmm. like, so like your, what your, your message is making sense. And like I, I agree with that overall premise of it. So, yeah, cool, cool, man. Well, yeah, this has been this has been a lot of fun. We've had some good discussions back and forth. Um, and and listen, Dustin and I want to know what you guys think. I mean, that's that's the part of the show so far that is missing for us is we want that social interaction with you guys. When you listen back to the show, get a hold of us. You know, let us know what you think about our particular our particular narratives, and we want to know what you think. You know, we want to know if you think we're crazy. We want to know. We definitely want to know if you think we're right. Uh, or we're on to something. Um, so, you know, engage with us. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Um, and I'm going to let Dustin tell you where all those Twitter things are here in just a minute because he's a great, he does a great job with that. And I don't always do a great job with that. So, um, but yeah, interact with us. Um, you know, read ra- or uh, subscribe, rate, and review um, to the show. Um, it's been great talking to you again, man. I, I love talking football with you. It's so much fun. We have such a great time when we do it. Um, it's awesome to be back. And like you said, hopefully we can kind of get into a rhythm here um, over the next few weeks and into the season where um, we're a little bit more regular. We may not be every week, but a little bit more regular than than we've been over the last couple. So um, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I had a great time. And like what Brian said, like, like we're going to be more active um, now that summer's over just on Twitter. So we, we definitely want that interaction. Um, we haven't had anyone really submit any of their narratives or any things that they wanted us to, to talk about or, or discuss or things that they were wondering. And that's, that's definitely what we want the show to be like, yeah, we have narratives and we, we see things in when we're watching games or on Twitter or interacting with, with just like people that we know in the community, but we definitely want to see like what the fans and, and what our listeners want to, to talk about and what they want us to, to talk about. And so, you know, um, any question you you have to send it to us like in I, I I would love to to defend my narrative um to in my thoughts on the narrative to to listeners like I loved I love getting in Twitter conversations and debates and because I think ultimately that's gonna help the community that's gonna help us each grow as 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 fantasy players and so I'm like I I want that and I think Brian and I both want to have that that interaction so um definitely um you know brian already talked about it but definitely give us give us any feedback uh, subscribe rate and review um you can follow the pod at at fntsy narrative at and i'll say that again at fntsy narrative 
Uh, Brian's at, at Brian Hart FF and I'm at dynasty junkie FF. Uh, you can find the show. It's just fantasy narrative on Spotify, Stitcher, um, SoundCloud, Apple podcast. I think Google podcast, basically any, any of those, any of those platforms, you'll be able to find us. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening, Brian. It was awesome. Um, feels like kind of, we got two shows in, in one to make up a little bit for, for last time. Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll get a cadence out there. Um, you know, football is right around the corner. So we definitely have a lot more that we want to talk about, um, as the season's uh, ramping up. So, um, it was fun chatting with you and I'm looking forward to the next, next show and next week or the week after. So thanks everyone. Peace out. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you everyone. Take care.